Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. Well, hey, everyone. Um, in case you have not heard, Mediate.com has a new podcast called the Mediate.com podcast. And I'm Veronica Kramer, the host. I'm a mediator located in Columbus, Ohio, in the States. And today, Natalie has so graciously allowed me to sort of do double duty, right, with her LinkedIn Live and recording the Mediate.com podcast. And we're here today to talk about how to build a thriving mediation practice. And this is actually part two of a three-part series that Natalie has so graciously agreed to share her time with us on the Mediate.com podcast. And so today's episode is all about intermediate level mediators and how mediators at that level can, as Natalie says, level up and build a thriving mediation practice. So just by way of background, just for our Mediate.com listeners who, who uh, you know, maybe may be new to um, uh, marketing resolution and the services that Natalie provides. Um, so Natalie is the managing director of marketing resolution, and she frequently speaks across the globe on marketing mediation practices you know, highly sought after expert in this area. And so just like I mentioned in our first episode, part one, she is the absolute perfect person to be talking about this topic. So Natalie, I know you have a lot of content. And as I mentioned before, you were so gracious in sharing your workbook with me, tips and strategies in terms of how to level up and create that thriving mediation practice. And I know at the intermediate level, that's where we get into a lot of exciting content. So I know you shared with me, there's a few different areas that you want to focus on in terms of being an intermediate level mediator and building that mediation practice. We talked about writing, speaking, networking, social media. And so I thought I would leave it to you in terms of um, what you think is most important to focus on in terms of today's episode. Well, first, Veronica, thanks so much for uh, inviting me to be on the Mediate.com pan, uh, podcast. Really exciting stuff that you guys are doing over there. So there's that. And I encourage everybody, if you haven't subscribed to the Mediate.com podcast, you haven't subscribed to the Mediate.com newsletter, you should definitely do that. It is one of the ways for you to build your practice because there's so much good information for you to to, cure, to curate and share with your primary, secondary, or tertiary target markets. There's lots of great ideas for you to be creative with. So definitely log on to mediate.com and utilize their services. Now, they haven't paid me to say that, but over the last 27 years, they've been around, I've been around, it's a really good resource. So Veronica, one of the things that you and I have talked about previously is how to get to that next level. You've built your website, you've got your training, You've figured out what kind of practice you want to have. You've figured out who your primary, secondary, or tertiary target market is going to be. Now it's time to really get into the nitty gritty bits of, of promoting yourself. And we do that in a way that I think that most of us uh, would feel quite comfortable doing. And what we don't do is sell. And I know that that's kind of a strange thing, but we don't sell our industry. That's, a, that's really off-putting. Um, and so what we do is something that Veronica is doing, and that is permission-based marketing. And we provide something of value, something that is a benefit, something that people can listen to or watch or read. And there's a takeaway at the end of it. So copy Veronica. She's the good example. 
So what we want to do is figure out what our strengths are. And I know that Veronica, you had to do this for yourself, but you need to figure out in what medium you're most comfortable. You know, are you a writer? Are you a speaker? Are you a trainer? Are you, you know, top dog in a networking event? You know, what really is your strength? What is your métier? And I don't know what your process was. How did you determine that you wanted to, to, to be the podcaster for Mediate.com? How did you get to that end of it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. I just sort of... So actually, this is the second podcast that I've hosted. Um, and my first introduction to podcasting was actually through my local bar association. Um, I was the the ADR committee chair. So by way of background, before I came to mediation, I practiced law for a little bit. And then a couple of years later was when I actually found mediation. And so I was just sort of in that space. And I was thinking about, you know, how to um, do something a little bit different with monthly meetings. And so at the time, that's where, you know, I had a friend who was also podcasting. It seemed like fun. And I gave it a try and I liked it. And so that led me to keep doing more of it. And then eventually, I mean, like you mentioned, Mediate.com has been around for quite some time. I mean, I was going on their website and reading their articles for years before before I was able to have this opportunity to actually host their, their new podcast. Podcast. So really, I mean, at the beginning was a little bit of trial and error and just sort of figuring out what felt comfortable to me. And then as soon as I started podcasting, that's where I realized like, hey, this feels like me. I like having these comfortable conversations. Um, and that's where I just kept going with it. Right. And probably one of the reasons that it's really valuable, both to you and to your clients and to our industry at large, is because you feel comfortable with it. It's really authentic. You know, you're not, it's not scripted, you're not forcing it, you're clearly very comfortable, you know, with your voice, the, the speed with which you speak, all of those kinds of things just naturally fall into place. And frequently, when I'm talking to clients and I say, have you considered speaking publicly, you know, that's, they'd, you know, they'd rather go to the dentist every day for the rest of their lives than speak at, a, you know, speak at an event. So this it really isn't for everybody, and I understand that. But so if you're not Veronica, and this isn't your wheelhouse, um, then you can also think about writing. So Veronica mentioned the Mediate.com library. There are lots of mediators who write books. They write workbooks. They blog regularly. They put up articles on LinkedIn and social media marketing platforms. So you could be the writer. Um, and the kind of writing that our industry does is, I mean, sure, we can do white papers. You can cite case law, you know, until you're blue in the face. Absolutely, those are good. But for the most part, the kinds of articles that we appreciate, that our clients appreciate, are opinion pieces and essays. And again, if you go to mediate.com, you'll see an enormous library of those kinds of articles. So you write those, you offer various associations and organizations that your primary, secondary, or tertiary target market belong to those articles and those pieces, and then you use those on your website and you use those on your social media marketing. So here's Veronica on a podcast. We're also on social media. If Veronica writes an article, it's also going to be posted to social media. The same is true if Veronica decides to go to a networking event, it's on social media, or she offers a training, it lands on social media. So the first four things, writing, speaking, training, and networking, when they come home at night, they come home to social media. 
So Veronica was right. Go to mediate.com, look at all of their articles, get a good idea about what we write, and then you can write an article and get that published or be like Veronica and be a public speaker. Um, the other thing that we do uh, to promote and build our practice sounds a little, I don't know, Veronica, it sounds a little um, counterintuitive maybe. And maybe you've got some experience with this, but that is trainings. Um, and have you ever been the, the trainer in a, a situation? I have. And actually interesting that um, you should mention that. So I should share with the audience. So doing a training for one of your programs, the Will Work for Food program, um, was actually the way that we met. And that was one thing that I used to kind of you know, continue to build my credibility as a mediator and getting in front of an audience. And um, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one thing that actually I think, you know, complements nicely with podcasting is also doing presentations, whether, you know, now with COVID-19, I mean, there aren't so many presentations in person, but doing more and more of them online. So, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. And so, um, what you what you do when you pick a training or uh, a speaking venue or writing is that you know we generally recommend that in the same way you choose to specialize in your practice, you kind of choose a theme for your writing, speaking, and training. And the reason that the Will Work for Food training or presentation was so valuable for Veronica is that it puts her in the position of being the credible authority on that particular subject matter. And so now Veronica can put that on her website. She can put that on her social media marketing. Any prospective client can look at her presentation and although it's in a unilateral way, they get to watch her video and meet her. They get to see her face and hear her voice. They get to see her put you know, two, two or more sentences back to back in a cogent fashion. They understand that she knows what she's talking about, that she's personable, that she's got the right personality type to help their clients in a mediation room. So it's it's a really powerful way. Um, and I know, again, it sounds a little counterintuitive to say, I'm going to train other people in mediation or mediator skills or communication skills. But trust me, when those people who are within your primary or secondary target market, when they have a case, when they have an issue, the first person that they're going to think of is you. They're going to think about Veronica. They're going to say, oh, there was that lady and I saw that that interview and I saw that presentation. She'd be perfect for this. And they will Google you. That's why it's so important to have all of these things on social media. They find Veronica's name. They watch her on the YouTube channel. They watch her on the Will Work for Food channel. They say, yep, I was right. She's exactly the person I want to have here that case. So writing, speaking, training, networking. When they all come home at night, they live on social media. Networking. Veronica, you're an excellent networker. How do you enjoy most the, the the networking activity that we have to do? So, I mean, honestly, I try to think of it if I if I think of it as networking, and you'll have to excuse me. There's like a fly circling around <laughs> the the. The, the benefits and burdens of streaming live, right? So if you see me swatting a fly, that's why. <laughs> um, but I try to think of it more as relationship building because if I think of it as like networking, that kind of feels uncomfortable to me, right? So I try to think of things in terms of um, relationship building and you know not not really asking for something from someone, you know, especially if I'm just trying to get to know them. 
and, um, you know, just taking a genuine interest in terms of what people are doing. And that's actually one of the things that I really love about podcasting is it gives me a reason to contact people out of the blue, right? Like it, it gives me a reason to get to know people that, you know, people that I would not otherwise come across. And like I said, I'm based in Columbus, Ohio in the States. I mean, the mediation community I've learned over the years. So I've been involved in mediation now for almost seven years. And it's really been as a result of getting involved with doing this podcasting that I've really had the opportunity to get to know people outside of my geographic area. And that's sort of how, you know, I love doing that. And that's where I think of it more as, as relationship building, right? That's absolutely right. And I think that a lot of people get uncomfortable with the idea of networking because it feels like you're just opening yourself up for rejection. And I think that we, for some reason, have the idea that we're supposed to go to an event and just start shaking hands with strangers and saying, you know, hi, my name's Veronica and I'm the mediator for your next case. And it doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel good. It's not really received well. So we tend to not do it. But we all know that we need to get out there. So there's a few things that I can help you with, I think. If you're listening to this and you don't think that you've really got your, your networking A game truly refined, it if you just change the way you think about networking and go with Veronica's perspective, that it's not about selling, it's about the people in the room. And as mediators and arbitrators, we should be the world's best networkers, right? Because that's what we do. We ask open-ended questions and we meet people and we value you know, their input and their communication. So instead of thinking about it as, you know, the opportunity for rejection, think about it as um, business building. And when I say business building, I mean relationship building. So Veronica nailed it. So before you go to an event, now Veronica showed or spoke about a perfect example. And that is that she could say, I've got a podcast and I'd really like to know your story or I you know, I have this podcast and I'd like to learn more or I've got a podcast and I think my listeners would love to have this information from you, et cetera. That's an excellent way for her to network her way through a room. Now, of course, she's going to become well known in that room and therefore get those cases. So it's practice building. But Veronica doesn't have to say one word about her or her practice or what she does in any other light. She develops those relationships and then she gets to move forward, leveraging all of those conversations into good business. If you don't have a podcast, that's okay. You can just, just talk to people and it doesn't necessarily have to be about the resolution industry, but go with an idea in mind, go with an outline in mind. So let's imagine that Veronica wasn't doing a podcast and she wanted to go to um, the ABA section in Columbus. Um, so I would say to Veronica, why are you going? What is it that you want to accomplish? Or she's going to the Chamber of Commerce or the local real estate broker association. It doesn't matter where she's going, but say, why are you going? What do you want to accomplish? And Veronica is going to say, whatever her goals are, I, I want to meet 10 new members, or I want to find out how I get my article published in their periodicals, or I want to find out how I can be a guest on their podcast or whatever it is, or I want to run for a position on the board of directors all good things. Maybe Veronica just wants to go and see, is it a good fit or not? But write it down, go with a goal in mind, put that in your pocket and then make, and then make that come to, 
come to happen. Make that your truth. Make that your activity. If you're not really comfortable, now I suspect Veronica is quite comfortable in a room, but if you're not as comfortable as Veronica, I promise you that there is a person in every one of those rooms who is a social butterfly. You find that person and you approach them and say, hi, my name's Natalie and I really want to figure out who the editor of the publication is because I'd like to get my article published. Can you introduce me? That social butterfly person will make that introduction. The same is true if you say, how do I get to be a guest on a podcast? Somebody in the room is going to say, oh, let me introduce you to Veronica Cravener. She's got the podcast at Mediate.com. Let me walk you across the room and introduce you because she's always looking for really intelligent, fun, great guests. Follow me. And that's how you make networking a little bit more fun and a little bit easier is to think of it not as, you know, speed dating, but as relationship building, like Veronica said. Yeah, absolutely. And so one concept I wanted to ask you about, I can't remember if I read about it in your workbook or maybe it was in one of your other LinkedIn live videos, um, but you talked about this concept of social proof which I thought would be interesting to hone in on. Like you talked about it in terms of, I think asking for like testimonials. Um, Cause I, you know, you mentioned people want to do business with people that they know they like and respect. I mean, this is very much, you know, this is a personal services industry. People want to feel like they know the person that they're going to do business with. So can you talk a little bit about, about social proof? Sure. That's a really good question. In fact, Veronica, thanks for asking it. <laughs> Social proofing is something that we all do. Uh, and it, it's, you know, you, um, you log on to Google and you search, find a plumber near me. And then you read all of the reviews about that plumber. Or, you know, what's the best coffee house near me? Or, you know, we all do it all the time. And that's social proof. So uh, someone has met us at a writing or uh, a networking event. Someone has read something that we've written. Someone has heard us speak or they've attended a training or we're contacts with them on social media in some way. So whatever that is, they've decided that they like us, that they like what we offer. They wouldn't be totally offended spending eight, 10, 12, 15 hours with us in a mediation hearing room, but they need a little validation before they can really click the buy button, right? Before they pick up the phone and say, hey, are you available next month at, you know, at 8 a.m.? And that's that social proofing is imperative. That's why all of your writing, speaking, training and networking has to live on social media. So when when you have that prospective client and they Google you, it brings up all of your podcasts. It brings up all of the articles that you've written. It brings up all of your posts. It brings up all of that information and it verifies to them that you are in fact the right choice to hear that case, that you really are a professional, you're really out there, you really sit on those boards of directors, you're really you know, at those events, this is what you do all day, every day as a professional resolutionist. And that's why social media proofing is imperative because we all do it. We expect that you do it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, you know, your workbook is fantastic. Because um, first of all, I mean, I think what I love about it is the strategy. I mean, I think that's one thing that as a mediator, like I said, I've been you know, mediating in various capacities for about seven years now. And I never really thought about doing all these things in terms of 
having a strategy and being mindful and thinking about the purpose ahead of time. And I mean, those are great things that I really learned from reading your workbook is just being mindful and thinking through what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? What's the value that I'm providing? Because at the end of the day, I mean, this is this is a service, right? This is a service that you're selling and thinking about that business mindset. So, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for the compliment. Um, you know, I, I I'll send you your five dollars later. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Well, hey, um, if, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're exactly right. Now, I don't want to leave you with the impression that you have to do all of those activities. I'm not suggesting that you are a writer, speaker, trainer, networker, and social media, you know, maven. You choose the choose your strength. So if you're a great public speaker, be a public speaker. If you're a really good writer, be a writer. If you're excellent at training, train people. If you're, you know, fantastic networking, be the networker. And again, all of it needs to come back to social media, but that's a skill that you can learn. So really pick the one thing that is your strength and build from there. If you try to do all of these all at the same time, it'll be overwhelming. You won't enjoy it. It'll be frustrating and you'll give up. And I don't want you to give up. I want you to be successful. So do the one thing that you can really do well. And then you can add more interesting layers as time goes by. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's one thing that I've learned too over the years, just in terms of observing others. I mean, it seems like those who are most successful they know their niche and they master their niche, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. Jack of all trades, master of none. You know, in a westernized <laughs> consumer mind, yes, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. So yeah, do one thing, do it really well, do it in a way that your perceived competition isn't doing it and you will come out the, the space winner. Absolutely. Well, hey, that this sounds like a good spot to end in terms of the podcast. So um, I think we are at a, a good spot in terms of letting people know, you know, hey, how can they um, uh, get a copy of your workbook if they want to get a copy? You can, you know, just search for Natalie Armstrong hyphen Moton on Amazon.com or you can go to my website at howtomarketmymediationpractice.com. Uh, or if you send me an email, I'll make sure that you get a copy uh, via email. But Veronica, thank you so much for inviting me to speak on the Mediate.com webcast. People can find you at the description down below. And I really hope that you find the podcast, subscribe, and pay attention to what Veronica is offering. It's phenomenal information. And thank you, Natalie, for inviting me to, to join uh, your LinkedIn live session and also doing double duty as the Mediate.com podcast. So I really appreciate that. And for all the listeners of the Mediate.com podcast, hey, thanks for joining us for another great episode. And we'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.